This podcast is produced by the Roseworthy Veterinary Alumni Network. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily represent the position of the University of Adelaide. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the University of Adelaide Roseworthy Veterinary Alumni Network podcast. My name is Dr. Emma Maley, and in this episode, the RVA presents George Maloney and Beck Suter, who will be joining me to discuss what it's like in veterinary research. Before we get started, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Zee Peak, who we will hear a short message from now. Inspired to create a complete and balanced alternative to raw feeding, Zee Peak Air Dried provides peak nutrition without the compromise. Made for carnivores, Zeewee's Peak Prey recipes feature high inclusions of meat, organs, seafood and bone in authentic ratios. Extremely nutrient-dense, three portions of raw meat and organs make one portion of air-dried food. There is no need to refrigerate, thaw or rehydrate. When feeding Zeewee Peak, a little goes a long way. This means pet guardians can expect to feed less than standard dry foods or raw diets. Zeewee leads the way in free-range ethical sourcing. We only partner with farmers who believe wholeheartedly in their role as kaitiaki, or guardians of the land, sea and its creatures. Today's pet guardians want only the best for their pets. Their pets' safety, health and happiness is everything. That's what drives Zeewee's passion for peak nutrition without compromise. Thanks for joining me, guys. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, so my name is Georgia Maloney. I am a recent graduate of the University of Adelaide. So I graduated in 2021 or last year. I am now a PhD student here at the University of Adelaide. I started at Roseworthy and I am basically looking into the wildlife trade, particularly the illegal aspects of the wildlife trade. We're aiming to design a detection method for detecting illegal activity through high-risk international trade routes. So that forms the basis of, of sort of my research. Awesome. And what about you, Beck? Yeah, so I'm Beck Suter. I also graduated last year in 2021 and am currently doing a PhD looking at or investigating the impacts to dolphin health in South Australia. So in South Australia alone, we've seen an increase in mortality of dolphins, particularly in the metropolitan region in the Port River. So we're investigating possible causes into that. Awesome. So what made you decide that you wanted to do research? I'm not too sure, really. I have always been into wildlife and research was always on the cards for me. I didn't expect to go straight into a PhD after finishing uni, but just kind of happened that way. And I'm very grateful for the opportunity to do this project because it's really particularly what I'm interested in and looking at sort of anthropogenic impacts to the ocean and dolphins are apex predators. So they're sort of a bioindicator or a sentinel species for ocean health. So it's looking at the whole picture and a lot of ecology and one health sort of focus, which is right up my alley. So that's what sort of lured me into doing a PhD straight out of uni. Awesome. And Georgia? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same as Beck, to be honest. I've always had very keen interest in the wildlife trade ever since pretty much since I was a kid and I first learned about it, it kind of, I was so kind of angry, but passionate about it at the same time. And I, when I heard about it and I just wanted to do something and somehow that led me to vet initially. So I could kind of understand, I guess, the biology or the background of, of these animals involved in the trade and, and then 
the wider issues of why it's important and looking at One Health and, and things like that. And I think the veterinary training has certainly come into handy to have a real sort of background or a basis for it. Didn't expect to go into a, a PhD straight away, um, but like Beck, I kind of had an opportunity come up, which I, I couldn't refuse. And oh, here we are. Yeah, so it's just kind of something that I've always wanted to somehow move into, but I wasn't sure how, and it, it's just kind of everything's fallen into place, and um, I am where I am now. Very exciting. Now, you've obviously mentioned sort of the topics that you're looking at. How does the process of, you know, choosing those topics, are they sort of pre-selected and you go into them, or do you have a bit of a say in, in what's involved with them? And I guess how, how do you pick them? Yeah, so I guess you definitely have a say. So my PhD, I guess, application process is probably a little bit different to perhaps Beck's or perhaps a normal student. I had worked with my supervisor on a previous project and she knew of my interest in the wildlife trade and that is her area as well. So I guess we, we had a meeting to discuss potential topics and, and things that you know she was interested in and then what I was interested in and we kind of form the basis of, of this project and it was something that she was putting together as it was and then I kind of you know had my input on it and then we managed to sort of come up with this idea for a project but it's definitely something I'm passionate about and I've definitely had an input into that but I didn't have to necessarily apply for anything or seek anyone out because I already had this connection there and again that's something that came about through vet school um, so I was very fortunate to have that but yeah that's sort of how mine started. Yeah, absolutely. And Beck? Yeah, I I suppose last year, in our final year, it was just um, a conversation that I had with one of my supervisors talking about how I was particularly interested in sort of ocean health, pollution, the effects of pollution on the immune system of wildlife. And then, yeah, at the same time, there was an increase in mortalities being seen at that moment in the Port River estuary in South Australia. So it was just sort of good timing really as well. And there was already some post-mortem examinations being done and already a lot of people involved in an investigation. So I was able to sort of continue with the research. I've continued to do the post-mortems and then I've also had a bit of a say in other areas that I'm interested in. So for me, I'm really keen on the ecotoxicology. So looking at the effect of the toxicants on the immune system or the reproductive system and things like that. So I've had a bit of a say and it's also really collaborative, my project. So working with lots of different people from all sorts of different disciplines, which I love because, you know, I've got environmental scientists, toxicologists, marine biologists, geneticists, all these different people that I've been able to collaborate with and talk to to yeah get sort of the bigger picture the veterinary knowledge is really useful for animal health and understanding basic sort of animal health and but then my knowledge is quite limited in in all those other areas so it's really lovely working with lots of different people as well awesome and do you think that sort of anyone could do research is there like a certain kind of person do you need to have a certain mindset or do you think that everyone should do research I think everyone has the ability to, but I guess it's a question of whether, one, you can do good quality research. I mean, I think you have to be passionate about what you're researching because if you're not passionate, I mean, it's going to make it very difficult for starters. So um, certainly I think for certain types of research, you have to be the right person, sure, but if anyone was thinking about it or wanted to get into it, I think there are certainly opportunities for everyone. I think it's meaningful for, you know, say vets to contribute to research kind of you know on the ground they're seeing all these different things so even just in general 
I think that should be getting involved in, in some capacity. Um, I guess it depends on the topic. And I think it's definitely the passion and the drive that really makes a big difference in what you're researching or in sustaining that research, because it's not an easy thing either. You really focus on the one topic, I suppose. So you have to love your project. And if you don't love your project, I think it would be really challenging because, you know, you're doing this for an extended period of time, you know, three to four years, sometimes longer, and you're getting immersed in this one topic. So you really need to love it and be passionate about it because otherwise it's just going to be a long haul and, (laughs) you know, you hear about, you hear stories about people sort of getting sick of their research towards the end of the PhD. So I think the more passionate you are, the better. In veterinary medicine, we talk about evidence-based research and all of these sorts of things. So it's, it's obviously a really crucial part of what we do about our profession. So I think that it's certainly important. For you guys, what have you found to be sort of your favourite parts of doing research? To be honest, part of it, particularly for the PhD, is kind of flexibility, which I know I've really appreciated, especially after vet school, I think kind of figuring some other things out and and that work-life balance has been really crucial for me. So I think that that's one aspect of it, but also the ability to feel like I'm contributing to something, again, that I'm really passionate about and making a difference, I guess, in the first year of the PhD, might not feel that way just yet, but then I guess you attend conferences and you're able to share the work that you have actually done and talk to some amazing people in your field and you really feel like you're you're part of something and that you're working towards something. So I think it's an amazing opportunity to make a difference in the world, whatever that might be, if it's something, you know, small and local or if it's kind of on a global scale, you know, whatever it is, you're making a difference. Yeah, I think for me, similar, it's that collaborative work. I'm really enjoying working with so many different people from different professions and different expertise. Every PhD, I think, is going to be unique it's like Georgia and I our journeys have already been so different some people walk into a PhD and everything's ready for them the project's already organized funding's really organized so it really depends on what sort of project you're going for it's quite nice to have flexibility and you have the flexibility to create it as your own I suppose like Georgia's already done a little bit of traveling with her PhD and and mine as well has has offered a few different options and yeah you meet people in the field and then you hear different opportunities and you can help out on a different project for field trips and things like that which I really love and and the flexibility is lovely not not all PhDs are flexible with time I suppose but because you're sort of on your own schedule you you can organize your time so that you can go on field trips or go to conferences or perhaps you need a morning off and you can make that up on the weekend or something it's um yeah that's really nice to be able to have So for you guys, what have you found to be one of the hardest parts of research? Um, I think for me at the start, it was just you're you're sort of thrown in on this really broad topic and you're just like, what am I doing? What am I supposed to be doing? You're just like, all right, just start reading all the hundreds and hundreds of papers out there, thousands probably, and you're sort of trying to work out what you're doing and you feel a little bit lost to begin with. But then things sort of start coming together. That's been the most challenging thing for me is just feeling like I'm swimming in really, really deep water with no idea. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. I guess the thing with research is, you know, when you have an assignment and you have kind of a template to look at and maybe some examples and you know kind of what you should be doing. Research isn't like that. You know, these things haven't really been investigated before. Nothing, these things haven't been done before. So you don't really have a whole lot of guidance. You're kind of working towards something 
but you don't really know what you're working towards sometimes. So for me, that's kind of been a difficult thing is knowing am I on track? Am I doing what I should be doing? Is it working? I guess not everything does, but yeah, that along with the sort of time management in working out, you know, how long it's going to take you to do things, having motivation to to make sure that you're kind of on track, whatever that means for your project, again, has, has been a bit of a, well, a learning curve, but I guess the thing is, or what I've learned is if you can just kind of give it your best every day, try and get something done, work towards whatever you can, you know, you do get there. But especially at first, like Beck was saying, you've got to stop yourself from drowning a little bit and, and stop kind of being overwhelmed because there's just, there's a lot involved and sometimes not a lot of guidance, but you do work it out. Yeah, I think because you can always do more work as well, being able to learn to switch off at the end of the day because you almost have a sense of guilt because you can always be doing work. So you go home, you're like, I could keep reading. Maybe I didn't do enough today. Let's just read all weekend. And being able (laughs) to switch off is a skill in in itself, I think. I've had to really learn that because I just felt like I had to keep working Mm. nap time and on weekends. It's not sustainable. The guilt is real. And I think part of that, probably also comes from vet school in that we always had to be onto it there was always something to do we always had to do better but research in general I think are pretty bad for it and it can lead to burnout so it's been again really trying to work out work-life balance and making sure what we're doing is sustainable in the long term yeah for sure and I think any new grad is probably going to struggle a little bit with figuring out that work-life balance because we've never had that sort of work in life so it's already hard and then for it to be in an area that is sort of notorious for it is definitely an area I don't, I don't envy you guys and then so you're saying do you both have three-year projects is that right yeah so I guess a standard PhD here from what I know anyway is generally sort of three three and a half years it depends a little bit on the project but generally kind of three maximum of four three and a half four for a PhD here it also depends a little bit on your funding so for example my funding runs out at three years I really want to finish it within three years. Yeah, that's another one of the challenging things as well is you're you're constantly chasing money, you're applying mm-hmm. for grants. Your research is limited by the amount of funding you can get and some PhDs might already have funding and that's amazing. I don't know, maybe it's a wildlife field where there's not a lot of funding out there and you have to apply and it's highly competitive and that's a challenge. And then for you guys, do you feel like three years will be enough and you're then going to head into, I guess, a different area in the profession or are you feeling like, no, research is definitely where I'm going to stay? Do you know if people tend to stay in research or if they sort of do it once off? Uh, Honestly, it will depend on how the project goes and what the opportunities that come up are, I suppose. I know personally I don't have a plan of where I will be after this project. I was going to see what happened through the life of the project. I expect to either stay in research or in industry to some degree. So whether it's, you know, wildlife health management or working for one of those big companies like World Animal Health or something like that. But that's the thing. It's hard to know. And I'm I'm sure some people have an idea, but I think it's kind of nice to just see what happens, to be honest, rather than put that sort of pressure on yourself. But I imagine that probably a lot of people who do PhDs, you know, across all fields would likely stay in research. You know, you have your postdoc people and all of that, which would have done their PhD and then have continued in research. So I would imagine that would be the common path, that or academia. But then again, you do have a lot of them working in industry as well. So it really depends on what, what your interests are and what comes about as a result of the project, I would imagine. 
Yeah, I think at this stage, my project is going to be definitely at least another three plus years and <laughs> who knows, it might extend out for forever. <laughs> but um, I know I've thought a little bit about options afterwards and we're quite fortunate to have a vet degree behind us. You can always go into clinical work. I mean, that would be a huge learning curve in itself, having to pick that up again in three or so years. But I don't know, I, I'm really loving the field that I'm working in and I think there's a lot of space for it, especially in wildlife health and disease. I, I think working in wildlife management or working, for example, when there's mortality outbreaks, being the investigator of that and then writing reports, doing postmortems, maybe pathology is something I've thought about as well, perhaps a residency in that field. I think I'll probably stay in research, but <laughs> who knows? We'll see how it pans out. Bit of a wait and see thing, I think. And look, I think it's like that for any new grad, really. I mean, we don't really know what we're doing yet we've only just sort of come into everything so no I think it's perfectly reasonable to not have a plan yet I certainly don't so don't worry (laughs) so I guess sort of just to sort of finish off what is your best advice for someone who might be interested in research or you know the best ways to get involved I would say talk to people network so whether I mean if you're a vet student for example your clinical research project that's where I got my start those sorts of things you know talk to your professors or your supervisors see if you know there's any there might be an opportunity that comes up through that go to those industry nights or you know send some emails out or something if you're interested in something like what do you have to lose just talk to people because you never know what's going to come up through that and I certainly didn't expect to be where I am now I was hoping that I would, but it was only through networking that I was able to have this opportunity. So take the opportunities where they come. Yeah, similar advice, I think, that if you get along really well with with an academic that you went to uni with, then definitely talk about it if it's something that you're curious about. Industry nights or conferences are really great and you want to work with people that you enjoy working with as well, people that are passionate and are willing to help you. Having good supervisors is incredibly important, I think, and having that mentorship throughout a project and they can help you develop it in just talking to people and networking, like Georgia said, is a good place to start, I think. For sure. I think it's a pretty good advice, I guess, for no matter which field you want to be in at the end of the day. It's a lot about who you know and not necessarily what you know, because you can always pick those skills up later. So great advice. And I want to thank you both again for taking the time to talk to us. It's going to be really valuable for everyone to have gotten a little bit of your experience. I'd like to thank our sponsors again, Zee Peak, who helped make this episode possible. Thanks to our listeners as well. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you're not already, be sure to follow the University of Adelaide Roseworthy Veterinary Alumni Network on social media at Roseworthy Vet Alumni on Instagram and Roseworthy Vet Alumni on Facebook, as well as showing us some love on whichever streaming platform you're listening on today. We'll see you in the next episode of RVA Presents.